0: Hello and welcome to the Event Safety Podcast. I'm Danielle Hernandez.
1: And I'm Steve Adelman.
0: Yay, Still. welcome to the pod, Steve. So last time we got super geeky with electrical stuff and batteries and environmental considerations. We're pivoting. Pivot! We're going to pivot and we're going to get really geeky about something completely different. Standards. Specifically.
1: And C- ES 1.40-2023, hot off the presses, the new American National Standard for Event Security.
0: And as a reminder, you can download all these standards for free uh, from the ESTA Technical Standards website. So just Google ESTA Technical Standards, E-S-T-A Technical Standards, and then you can search the published documents and you can download this one for free, too. So So, let's talk more about this one in... Yay! Excited.
1: So the the cool thing about talking about this one on this event safety podcast <laughs> is we actually have four people who contributed to it because not only did Danielle and I, but we also have Dave Ellis and uh, Manny Marquez and they were also integral members of the task group. That created ANSI ES 1.40 2023 event security.
0: It so, doesn't get more inside scoop than this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you
1: are deep in the vault now with us people. So, you know, put on your comfortable shoes. Welcome to the insiders conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, briefly, um, Manny Marquez is Chief Operating Officer of Nightlife Security in San Diego. Uh, Dave Ellis is field applications engineer for a company called cheia which is spelled c-e-i-a international Um, but i really know dave when he was director of security for the arizona diamondbacks Um, so many a baseball game was had together in that world Um, i could have
0: used inside baseball and i didn't right it was just sitting right there sports
1: ball analogies (laughs) missed all over the place swing and miss as they say um and by so, the way, the Diamondbacks are still playing, which is awfully cool and totally surprising. Gosh, you know, it's it's October 20th as we're recording this, and really, who among us thought the Diamondbacks would still be playing Major League Baseball this season? Dave's not raising his hand. I'm not either. Um, <laughs> frankly, we, we would have put better money on the San Diego Padres playing right now and no they've been packed off to well san diego uh,
0: i'm so lost know. right now i was like baseball season's over what <laughs> <laughs> it's anyway the playoffs these so, are the important games so we're going to go ahead and 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 swing back uh, little little sports yes. okay yes um, let's go back to, event, to security. The event security Um so let's let's bring in our guests. and we're going to um we're going to start Steve. i think you're going to do this first part and talk about what a task group is and then we'll talk about the kind of people that that populated ours.
1: Yeah. So briefly, and, and Dave and Manny, feel free to jump in here, um, but let's just give a brief outline for our podcast listeners on what this thing is that we're talking about and how an American national standard, and that's capital A, capital N, capital S, um, how an American national standard is born. So, you know, without getting too deep into the weeds, it's a very particular process um, that ESTA, the Entertainment Services and Technology Association, through their technical standards program, lots of acronyms for you. um, The ESTA technical standards program has very specific guidelines for how an ANSI standard gets Created um, passes through multiple layers of review by industry colleagues and then the general public. Um, The goal is to create something which is so heavily reviewed that it can be fairly called a consensus industry standard. That's what we're talking about here. Um, It is a consensus industry standard, which means. The work that we're talking about, this particular ANSI standard about event security, is the product of an industry consensus. And that's what gives it its authority. So there is this, you know, sort of painstaking, very long process of creation and editing and editing some more and creating more and editing more. Until finally, the task group, which is the group that created it, that me and Danielle and Dave and Manny and other smart friends were part of, the task group decides, okay, we have a beginning, a middle, and an end. We think this makes sense, and then we send it out into the world through various steps, and we are told by people whose judgment we respect or people we don't even know Um I don't really understand what you said or this is good, but you should flesh it out more or something like that. And then we take the document back and we do more and we talk among ourselves and then we edit and we draft and we edit and we, draft, and we send it back <laughs> anyway, out Anyway, that
0: process goes on and on until the public comments are basically, great job, guys. Um, <laughs> and then it goes off to the standards board to, for approval and then it goes off to ANSI itself for the final things, and then a standard is born, and we're all extremely excited. Um, Task groups are made up of different uh, constituents. In this particular case, you might reasonably assume that Steve is both crowd management and legal uh, perspectives and expertise. Uh, Both Dave and Manny are experts in security, and I'm sort of like the end user, and a lot of times I'm like, You meant what? (laughs) So that was was a large part of of mine, was trying to make sure that the language made sense to me at the end, uh, because people that understand a topic really, really well can get a little bit into uh, elevated language that is fantastic, but we want all levels of users to be able to comprehend this document so that everybody has a safer event, which is the whole reason that we got into this process in the first place. So
1: let's now take a deep breath and bring in Dave and Manny. Um, so you guys have different backgrounds, even than each other, which in turn are different than the backgrounds that Danielle and I have. So. Dave, I'll start with you. So this is to Dave Ellis. Um, Dave, can you give our podcast listeners just a general overview? Who else was in our task group? You know, what what areas of subject matter expertise did you all have? Yeah. So uh, thanks for the
2: opportunity to come on the podcast. Uh, Great to talk to you all. Um, You know, we had a great uh, and diverse group of people from, uh, as Danielle mentioned, practitioners and end users uh, of the standard to lawyers, uh, to uh, subject matter experts in in um, the field of event security, but also technology, um, people who do consulting and analysis and uh, risk management and insurance. Um, it, it really ran the gambit of people who were involved uh, in development of the standard. And so we really got a good perspective on everything we were doing. Um, as opposed to just having that one narrow focus,
1: so Dave, you and I know each other from well, actually from several jobs ago, um, but most recently, from your work as the lead security guy for the Arizona Diamondbacks baseball team and the stadium in which they played. But your background, as I recall, was in the largest type of venue of anyone in our task group. And Manny, I'm going to come to you with this in just a second. Was there anyone else, Dave, in our group who had big stadium or arena experience? I I can't think of anyone. Well, I don't recall off the top of my head. Uh, I I know there were some folks that were involved in
2: larger scale events. I've, I've had the pleasure of my career to be involved in stadium and arena shows and Super Bowls and mega concerts and things of that nature. I I know we talked a lot about um, outdoor festivals and things of that nature. So I think there were folks who were um, associated with those events, maybe more on the peripheral, but um, I think I was the only stadium operator in the group, if I recall. And I apologize if there was somebody else in there that I'm forgetting.
1: Yeah, I I have the same apology and caveat. I don't have the list in front of me right now. Um, So Manny, turning to you then, you have a completely different background <clears throat> than the big stadium events that Dave Ellis has. So how did your background in nightclub and nightlife security factor into what we were trying to do with the event security standard?
3: Uh, well, first of all, thanks for, for inviting me onto the podcast today. Appreciate it. And, uh, I think, uh, Steve, you asked me about, uh, three years ago to be part of this work group and, and, and has done, I really honestly have, have learned probably more than I've contributed for sure, because our business basically revolves around hospitality and security. And so, uh, for me, it was interesting to get an insight into the process first of all, and just amazed of how much work actually went into these documents and how much effort. And I think, uh, it was very impressive for me to witness, uh, as well as an honor to be able to contribute to. But for, I guess, for, from my perspective, my contribution, I, I guess, I was thinking about, you know, what we deliver for our clients, which is um, oftentimes in security, a lot of it, it's it's preventative, proactive measures um, that can prevent uh, bad things from happening, and you know, part of our philosophy with Nightlife Security Consultants is, is, you know, it's it's 80% hospitality, 20% security. And the fact that you're engaged with guests and uh, the people around you uh, oftentimes can prevent uh, bad things from happening.
1: So the the point that I wanted to make by comparing your backgrounds, Dave and Manny, is one of the things that's important about the standards that we are creating under the rubric of the event safety working group which is kind of the umbrella organization for the these standards is that they have to be scalable which means that the event security standard that we created was intentionally designed for venues as large as a major league baseball stadium and as intimate as a nightclub or other nighttime event space which could be dramatically smaller and have completely different security considerations. So Manny, I'm going to stick with you for a second because you mentioned the process and you know you suggested that you learned more than you contributed. We'll discuss that afterwards. Um, sure. What did you guys think of the process? And I'll give you a moment to consider that while we were preparing for today's podcast i just went into my own file to see when is the what's the date on the first document and as far as i can tell the first document that i was involved in creating is dated february 4 2020 so just before the pandemic so our work spanned the entire pandemic, and then some, because it was finally approved. Uh, The official approval date is September 18, 2023. So three and a half years. And I wasn't involved in the first few months of this project. I don't think you guys were either. um, But there was actually a task group before any of us got involved. So this was more than a four-year process. So Back to you, Manny, and then I'll let you take a swing at this also, Dave. What do you think of the process of creating an ANSI standard?
3: Uh, I think for me, what struck me the most is just the amount of work and and hours that went in from all contributing parties, especially those who led the charge like yourself, Steve, that you know, it was impressive to see these people, these individuals from different sectors in the industry come together. And... You know, each of us had, I think, you know, our small piece of contribution to the final document, but collectively and and you organizing it, uh, it was just kind of really just interesting and satisfying to see the process, to see it come together. And um, again, like I said before, I learned more than I contributed to the process because, you know, you're hearing from different expertise and and subject matter experts. And it was impressive. I, I enjoyed it. Like it was a, a an enjoyable process for me to witness.
2: Dave, what did you uh, think? Uh, it it was enjoyable, uh, if not certainly lengthy. Um, you know, this was my we're first, all grayer this, now than we were when we started. Indeed. Uh, this was my first um, experience in helping uh, to contribute to a document like this. And so it was insightful to learn about the process. I think there was a lot of good back and forth. Um, it, it was a great opportunity to get to know other members of the task group, as Manny said, and, and learn from their experiences um, you know, we talk about supervision and leadership in the standard, and I think that you and, and Neil and others who who led the group really that was uh, instrumental in making sure that we stayed on task and got things done, and, and sort of um, guided us through the process. Um, but uh, it was certainly rewarding, um, challenging, but um, all all good things are challenging, and were subsequently rewarding. So I, I had a I had a good time with it. Um, such so that now you know continuing to work on other things which is great so it's it's an honor to do it and um, I really uh, thought about the end user a lot and I um, the the people who are going to pick this up and read it and 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 use it to plan their events and to make sure they're sta- they're doing the right thing um, that was a real uh, driving factor for me and so that really kind of kept me going and when it was 10 o'clock at night and I was done with work and I had to write or edit or something like that. That's how I got motivated about it and and seeing everybody else put in that effort and work as well.
0: Yeah.
1: So before any further time goes, um, I want to give a shout out to our co-chair for this task group because I was one of two co-chairs. The other is Neil Huff, um, who is not with us on the pod. But Neil actually was the original chair of the event security task group and kept the flame lit um, until you know, further cavalry came in to mix metaphors. Um, And Neil is an integral part of the finished product and the success of this endeavor. So, you know, don't mean to steal his thunder. Um, Neil Huff was, you know, present at creation even before the rest of us were. Um, I want to pick up on something, Dave, that you said and Manny, uh, you alluded to it also, which is it's kind of, you know notwithstanding the amount of work involved it's a pretty gratifying experience to work on a common project with this level of detail um i mean most of the things that i do i work on by myself and you know then i hand finished product off to someone else this was entirely different um you know like you guys i really got a lot out of just batting around ideas with people with different levels of experience and, you know, having worked in different environments, for me, that was one of the best parts because I learned a lot, too.
0: Yeah, a lot of those conversations about, like, specific word choices or different types of situations were, were actually very thought-provoking. And it's like, I think more people should do stuff like this because it helps you be better at, at your job because you've talked about these different uh, aspects, not necessarily looking at your particular show or your particular niche, but more of a global global perspective, I guess.
2: And it certainly was a lot of fun, too, when you put a bunch of uh smart people like yourselves into a room and you get to conversations about a subject that people are passionate about i had a great time and really enjoyed a lot of those sort of spontaneous conversations that came about uh, through the writing process
1: yeah I, I gotta say you know this was my second ANSI standard and they have been surprisingly light-hearted you know talking about first crowd management and then event security, you know, these are not cocktail party conversations. So it's pretty darn nice to be able to talk with people who care about this stuff as much as I do, you know, made me feel a bit less lonely in the world. (laughs) And also frankly, a bit less like a geek. Sorry, Manny, go ahead.
3: No, I was going to say that I, through the process of, of doing this with the group, I, I did find myself speaking of it to others that were not, you know, part of the, the conversation because I was wanted to share what I was learning and uh, describing the process. And for me, it was really interesting because, like you said, Steve, most of the time you're spent uh, as an individual working on things, and it's good to come in and work with a group on a collective uh, goal and process. And that was very gratifying. And in addition to that, like just you know, the multiple times. Uh, each of us reviewed the document, I was thinking about how these thoughts and ideas would apply to the work that we do. Even though we're not a large event, uh, you know, that's not our business, there's a lot of applicable principles and and ideas that, um, you know, I've now used in in my own personal endeavors and and, and for work. Well,
1: Manny, I think you're raising you know, one of the key issues, which I've already touched on once, but I think it's worth saying again. It is essential that these American national standards be scalable. Other organizations, you know, not the event safety Alliance, but other organizations generally have a particular focus about their membership. You know, their members are primarily, you know, college sports stadium operators or you know arenas and convention centers or something like that an american national standard has to cut across all of those different environments and different crowd situations so it's important that you know someone like dave ellis from a stadium background and someone like manny marquez from a small nightlife background both be sharing their experiences because the standard has to work for both sets of worlds
0: so so we've we've talked about the process and who all this is for with your permission I'd love to do a tiny bit of story time where I read a paragraph from the introduction of this particular standard because we haven't talked a lot about specifically what this standard is about other than we just said event security and this is the thing where we define, not in a definition, dictionary sort of way, but we talk about what we're gonna talk about. Um, It says this standard adopts a modern perspective regarding event security work and the people who perform it. Throughout this document, the term event security is intended to encompass all crowd management functions of guest services, plus the more physical work of restricting unauthorized access on an event site, maintaining public order, Enforcing event rules regarding prohibitive items and activities, and being the first professionals to respond to guests who engage in unreasonable or prohibited conduct. So, then there's a little bit more. And then later, this standard excludes industrial security, who generally involves protection of buildings. And it also does not cover tour security or close protection who travel with artists or VIPs. So, that's a, just a, like a, a quick overview about what the standard's about. And more importantly, what it's not about <laughs> yeah, and, and there
2: and go ahead. there there were two things in there that you hit on that i I found really important, and I enjoy that they're in the introduction, modern and then guest services being in there um the the fact that we're modernizing this uh, approach to event security I, was something that I found really um. Great. I I thought it was something that needed to be done. We hear a lot of times in our industry, well, it's just the way we've always done it, and that's a giant pet peeve for me. And so, modernizing the standard was was huge, and I think it's going to really allow new and upcoming event security professionals to kind of look into the future and and do what needs to be done. And then the guest services piece, you know, we there's always been that traditional viewpoint of of the the tour the security guard with the security shirt and the crossed arms and the big bulking chest. And, you know, as Manny alluded to, 80% is about the experience and 20% is about the security. And so being able to blend those two things into that modern approach, I thought was, was, was awesome. And I was super excited that we were able to include those pieces in there.
3: Yeah. If I can piggyback on, on uh, Dave's observation about, you know, modernizing a standard and, and getting away from the status quo, that's the way we've always done things is I think, you know, one of the things that we contend with as a consulting company is the world's changed. And, and, and even, I'm sure everyone on this panel uh, can attest to post COVID COVID changed the way people behave and act. And um, I think it's important work that, you know, that we contributed to, to um, update standards. Um, You know, one of the things that we also contend with is, we try to get away from kind of that law enforcement, uh, military, paramilitary mindset of its security. And think more, more in terms of, of the guest experience. And, and that's really, you know, the main product, right. At the end of the day is that experience. And, uh, to do that safely, um, I think is, is what we were trying to accomplish with this document.
0: I know at some point in the document, it talks about how having that non-combative, uh, interaction actually will mitigate some of those conflicts later in an event. Um, so that's, that's exactly tying into that same thing.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, cause it's op- oftentimes it's the response, right. That escalates the situation and it's, it's unneeded. And, and uh, that's an important thing to consider when it comes to the, the event safety side of things and security.
1: So we did in fact, write a section on exactly this subject. So now it's Steve's story time. Um, So section 3.11 in ANSI ES 1.40-2023 Event Security. Section 3.11, security personnel and guest experience. So we actually thought a lot about the intersection between providing a secured environment and providing an environment which enhances the guest experience. So here's the one paragraph that we wrote on this subject, although really the concept is embedded throughout the document, but here's 3.11. Where possible, security measures should enhance guest experience as well as protecting people and property. For example, walkthrough magnetometers not only reduce the likelihood of human error inherent in the use of hand wands at points of ingress, they also allow faster guest entrance. Enhanced screening efficiency solves a security issue, dense crowds at the points of ingress, and it addresses a principal guest complaint, long security lines. A guest-focused security plan can lead to happier guests who have more time to find friends, make purchases, not a small issue there, make purchases, or enjoy the event, kind of the point, all of which tends to de-escalate conflicts and enhance event security. So this standard, we very intentionally kind of broke down the silos that tend to exist between different areas of work on event sites because we see a pretty clear continuum between guest services and security, all of which hopefully means that you don't need the law enforcement folks doing their crowd control jobs on which the other Which is not
0: end. part of this standard.
1: Which is not part <laughs> of this standard. <laughs> Dave, you look like you were ready to jump in in the middle of my monologue.
2: No, I just, uh, every time I, I hear that paragraph, I get a nice a, smile across my face because that's the modern approach to it, right? That's And if if people take nothing else away from the standard, which there's a ton of great information in here, and hopefully they read it all thoroughly and apply it all to their venues and their events, that was an important piece. And um, when it was a first discussed amongst the task group, like, the instantaneous buy-in that every got everybody uh, got in was was nice to see, and it was exciting to to work through that process and make sure that that piece was highlighted.
1: Dave, you wrote that, didn't you?
2: Um, <laughs> I, yeah, that may be it why it was, you smile. <laughs> it, it was well. It was certainly a collective effort, but I think I may have drafted the first draft <laughs> of it. Uh, it's 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 very eloquently written, which makes it seem like it probably wasn't me on the final
1: pass. Perhaps. Oh. <laughs> But seriously, that actually is a a key point, which is the continuum of service so that you don't have security issues, that there are a lot of ways to de-escalate conflicts, to identify situations when they're brewing. Um, and, And so the risk assessment part of this equation, we focus on a lot. And then, you know, just to tie a bow around this, later in the standard that we wrote, we emphasize the usual things that are super important on the back end, such as incident reporting, after action reporting, figuring out what did you do well, in this case, in the context of event security, what went well, what didn't go so well, so that you can learn from this stuff. And that too is really important in any aspect of, well, front of house issues. It's certainly important in back of house issues, but we're talking about front of house here is evaluating how'd we do, you know, did we do our jobs well? Did we fail in some respects and have a bunch of near misses? In which case we sort of celebrate that we got through the night and we fix things for next time.
3: Yeah, I think one of, the, one of the things that we run into with with clients is, um, again, going back to the phrase status quo, uh, and not the development and the learning process, right? And, and that's such an important part in what we do. And I think successful operations, um, they're the ones that go back and review that tape, review what happened, and they figure out what can they do better, Um you know, another thing I was thinking as you were explaining the the guest experience and service, and you know, the way the the environment has changed as well. And, and Steve, I'm sure you, you know this from a legal aspect is it's a litigious world, right? And what? Yes, <laughs> and it's getting seems to be more and more <laughs> litigious as we go. But the uh, we deal a lot with the optics, right? the optics of how you handle situations is a big deal. And And, and that that
0: optics piece works both ways too, right? Optics as a deterrent, we are taking your security and safety seriously and we aren't abusing those powers either.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in, in a world where everybody has a cell phone and video, you know, it's, it's really important for security operations to understand that, uh, the engagement and how we deal with these situations um, from a PR perspective and from a litigation perspective. You know, these are all just important things that uh, everyone should be considering in this field.
1: It is utterly self serving for me to totally agree with you, Manny, but I will totally agree with you. You know, obviously, one of the things that a standard does is it provide some guidelines so that people can meet the industry's standard of care. So that's the good side. The other side of the same coin is anyone can read this standard and know what we, as an industry, think are the right things to consider, and that includes litigants when something goes wrong. So. You know, live event professionals exist in a largely law and regulation free environment. I contend that that's okay. Uh, It just means that we as an industry need to fill the many gaps with things like ANSI standards um, because it's not good to have no guidance. Frankly, I'd rather that we create guidance for ourselves than have. You know, a bunch of legislators, well intentioned, but with their own agendas and not industry professionals. I'd rather we create our guidance than have them do it for us.
3: Um, yeah, absolutely. And you, you think too, Steve, of, uh, you know, having a standard like this, uh, and you probably had this experience uh, from your profession of just how many people within operations or security operations. have very little understanding of what that industry standard means, right? And are we above or below that? And what steps are we taking to improve it? And what that means when it does come time to face either, you know, a settlement or a judgment and people having an understanding of of what that industry standard looks like and and having a concept of it is really important.
2: Yeah. I also, you know, can't understate how important it is for the event security professionals to have something that they can reference back to when are trying to articulate the need for things in that event world. I mean, we talked about this a lot when we were writing the standard is most of the time the event security person is not the driving factor. They're not the one with control of the purse strings. It's the tour. It's the venue. It's the promoter and so forth. And so, you know, up until there's a standard, there's nothing for us as the event security personnel to say, well, here's what what the standard is. And so we yep. need to meet this this standard and meet this this um, duty of care. W- without that kind of sort of tool in our tool belt to go back to the person who's controlling the purse strings or who doesn't feel that there's a need for this many security personnel, or why do we have to have, you know, um, th- this level of training for people? This this arms the the per- security professional with something that they can take yeah. to the table.
0: It's it's that extra level of of support where you can say we should do it this way my experience and knowledge and expertise tells me this and this standard backs up what i have already told you here's a bunch of people that have have vetted this it's not just me saying this so uh we're gonna go around the virtual room one last time and and ask you guys well you participated in this was it worth it so we'll start with manny
3: uh yeah i i was uh for me it was it was I kind of felt like a minor leaguer playing with the big league boys, uh, because you know, we we don't deal with the large events, but I think that uh I was privileged and honored to be invited into the work group and to be able to whatever small contribution I could make from my perspective, because really what we do is we, we focus on the, the training aspect and and uh giving security professionals, the tools and resources they need to do their job better and to do in a way which, you know, we call it, the only win is everyone goes home safe, right? And yes. so, uh, very much uh, honored and I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity and I hope uh, we can do something more in the future.
0: Excellent. Dave?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think it was worth it. Um also very honored to be asked to participate uh, with my peers and smart people and friends. Um, it definitely was worth it. I've already had, um, colleagues and peers who have seen it and read it and given me positive feedback and said that they're going to use it and hopefully it's printed and on their shelf. And, uh, so yes, yeah, definitely worth it. Um, looking forward to, um, con- continuing to contribute, uh, with the event safety guide, um, and, and all the, the future work that, uh, this organization is doing. So it was very, I was very honored to do it.
0: Steve.
1: Uh, let's see. Was it worth it? Yeah, yeah, it is <laughs> worth it. For God's sake, I've done it twice already and now leading another task group, creating a parade safety standard. I think three may be the last, but um, I-, I have been noodling on a show stop authority standard, so maybe there'll be one after that also. Um, the good thing about these standards is They really are excellent opportunities to talk with your smart friends about stuff that we're all interested in. And, you know, collaborative projects. It's like it's like being picked for a good team in, you know, after school recess. I I played soccer for (laughs) I mean, I, I played soccer for a long time after my body was telling me I should stop because I really like playing on teams. And you know, being on an ANSI standard creating task group, that is a great team. So podcast listeners, if if you like the idea of hanging with your smart friends and nerding out on stuff that you can't do with your spouse, or, you know, when you go to a party, they look at you funny, something like these ANSI standards, or what Dave Ellis just referred to, we are creating a second edition of the event safety guide, and the process is modeled in part on the way we've created ANSI standards. This is your opportunity to get involved on another set of really cool teams creating important stuff for our industry. Um, So if you're interested in what you've heard today, and want to get involved, reach out to us, we'll get you into the right group for your experience and your expertise. Um, And and a last thought just on what we're talking about, which is a podcast for the moment, Mm -hmm. Um, you can like a podcast. We're trying to be more attentive to our analytics now. So if you like what you've heard, Go into wherever you get your podcasts and like this podcast. Even give us a rating. We'd love a good rating, but give us a rating so that it boosts our numbers, because that stuff's important to me and Danielle and to the Event Safety Alliance. So as for ANSI standards, yes, um, long, but very much worthwhile, important for our industry and personally fulfilling.
0: Awesome. So everybody, remember uh, you can download them for free from the ESTA Technical Standards website. And thank you, Dave and Manny, for joining us today to talk about the security standard. It was it was a fun one to make. Uh, we hope to see you guys soon. If you wanted to reach out, remember that's eventsafelines.org and we'll get you hooked up with whatever you want to help us write. Anyway, thanks again, and stay safe, everybody.